This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into the channel. Much appreciated, your support, especially on a weekend. Uh, I imagine that some people are waking up maybe a little bit groggy after their Friday evening. Not me. Eight hours solid levels of sleep, uh, which is not a common occurrence for me. I've been ridiculously tired this week and I was just like, I'm going to go to bed at it's going to sound pretty late, but 10, and it doesn't sound late. But uh, in the context of me trying to have an early night, 10 is early. So, yeah, going to bed at 10, waking up at 6, getting that 10 hours of, of – does that make sense? No, 8 hours of sleep. Can't do math this morning, clearly. 8 hours of sleeping is is a rare occurrence for me, but I managed it. So – very happy with that. Feeling refreshed, feeling ready for the football. It is, of course, match day. Arsenal take on Brentford a little bit later on today. You can watch our preview uh, of the Arsenal-Brentford game that came out on the channel yesterday. Uh, so make sure if you haven't done so already to go and give that a watch. Uh, really good insights into kind of how we're feeling ahead of that game. Good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Stephen, PJ, Yomi, good morning to you. Uh, Ronald, Amira, good morning. Uh, Black Shine, Louis, Kaiser, Stevie, Vivian, Pinny, Ween, Aiden. Uh, good morning to Matt G, Martin, Temi, Olu, Omar, Mike, and plenty more of usual suspects and some unusual suspects as well. Good morning to all of you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing good. Uh, wow, that was in reverse. Never done it that way before. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Always much appreciate your time as per. But without further ado, let's get on with today's stories. Mikel Arteta faced the media yesterday. Ahead of the game against Brentford, um, my colleague Kai Kanek was there at London Colney to ask the questions, along with plenty of other familiar faces in the room, uh, asked about plenty of different things. He refused to be drawn on kind of the Manchester City situation. He was only the only thing he really kind of responded to was the question asking whether he saw any um, un- anything untoward going on, and he said no. Um, but he refused to kind of talk about 
anything else. Uh, but on Brentford, he said on the challenges they all pose that they have many different ones. The ones they put in every week to every single opponent. The level or where they are sitting in the table doesn't matter. They are an extremely efficient at what they do with a very clear way of playing and generating advantages, uh, overloads and sequences of play. They That they do what they want uh, and that they will be in the game tomorrow and will need to be at our best in every single phase because they can create issues from anywhere on the field. Uh, he was also asked about the reaction to the game against Everton. He said that it's been really positive. We sat together, discussed the game and what happened. The opponent played their part and you have to congratulate Everton on what they did on the day. It's true that there were many things we didn't do like in other games, and that's the reason you lose football matches. There's always an opportunity to bounce back, show the character that we have and how much we want what we are fighting for, which we all know is, of course, the league. Now, he also was asked about uh, the situations around certain players. Uh, he says the ones that were long-term, Emil, Reese, Gabriel, Jesus, they are closer and they've started to do some activities and have been outside, but they are not ready to be considered yet. Uh, he was asked about Smithrow being ready for Brentford, but he said not this weekend. Smithrow, however, uh, did indeed train ahead of the weekend, which is uh, obviously a really positive thing. Hopefully, we'll be back as soon as possible. I doubt he'll be ready for the Man City game. Maybe he'll be there on the bench. I very much doubt it, um, but perhaps he'll be involved in some way, shape or form. But he is outside. He's working with the ball and maybe he'll be back for the game against Aston Villa. Now, uh, Pep Guardiola has also been doing his press conferences as well. Of course, his first reaction to the major Man City controversy that's going on at the moment. And he took the opportunity to talk about Arsenal, uh, amongst other clubs. Uh, he said, uh, just in case we are not innocent, we will accept what the judge, the Premier League, decides. But what happens if in the same situation that UEFA happened, we are innocent? What happens to restore our payback, our damage? Um, I'd just like to point out that I'm pretty sure they weren't innocent. Did they not get fined? I mean, you guys will maybe know better than me, but I'm pretty sure the CAS still fined them um, or they were still fined through the different processes. I don't know if it was a CAS, but certainly they were fined. Um, so I don't really get how they could describe themselves as as innocent um, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure they got fined. Anyway, it continues. Uh, because the damage is now for one decade, eight, nine, ten, one week later, UEFA make a statement against us. Nine teams, Burnley, Wolves, Leicester, Newcastle, Spurs, Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, clearly um, remembers all of them. Uh, they write a letter wanting us out of the Champions League. They wanted that position. Like Julius Caesar, they are not in this world. They are not enemies or friends, just interests. They wanted to put it out to take that position that we won on the pitch. Take it in our position. Yeah, losing it a little bit. Um, really, really strange comments from Pep Guardiola. Uh, I hope whatever the outcome is that it's the right one in this whole chaotic scenario because it needs to be. It needs to be the right scenario. It needs to be the right outcome of this. And hopefully if there is any wrongdoing that is found out and they are proven guilty of that, if there isn't any wrongdoing, then I hope they're acquitted of it. But I just hope that the right outcome comes forward. Um but he's been very, very headstrong in this. Very headstrong indeed. Um, Fabrizio Romano has confirmed Arsenal's interest in Ansu Fati. Arsenal are a number of teams that have inquired to Barcelona's aid, uh, to Barcelona and the agents of Ansu Fati, who is represented by George Mendes, who, of course, Arsenal have had plenty of dealings with in the last few years about the availability of the player, whether or not he would be 
uh, able to be bought in the summer. He has a long-term contract in the late 2020, so he wouldn't be cheap. It's not like he's coming down to the final year or something of his deal. He's got plenty of years left on his deal at Barcelona. But Arsenal are said to be one of the teams that have an interest in the player. And if indeed he is available to be bought, they might be ready to enter the table for him. He's, however, still, as I say, when we talked about Ansu Fati before, more of so of a left-sided player. And we've got a number of players there. It's more the right-hand side that Arsenal need that cover for. And I'm not sure that Ansu Fati is indeed that player. Uh, now, our headline story of the day, uh, beyond everything else that we've already discussed, is that Milan, uh, AC Milan, have revived their interest in following Balogun. Um, the Italian side have an interest in trying to sign the current Rons striker, who is now on loan from Arsenal in France, and the top scorer in Liga. AC Milan are said to have an interest in the player. Uh, we knew that Inter Milan also had an interest in the player too, but uh AC Milan are the team that are looking potentially to try and sign him. We know they've got a number of forwards in their side right now. Uh, I think Divock Origi actually moved over there, but they've got Olivier Giroud, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is still there, but they are aging forwards and they're looking to try and revamp their forward line with a young striker. We don't know what Arsenal will do. Uh, Mikel Arteta was actually asked a number of questions on Balogun in his press conference. He says, on him being top scorer, he says, I'm so happy for him. He's a boy that has a really clear idea of what he wants to do with his career. He's really ambitious, really committed and really brave. We discussed a lot before he made the move, whether it was the right place to go and the other choices he had. He was so convinced. I'm really happy for him because he deserves what he's getting continuing forward a bit and asked about being surprised about his form. He says, I'm very pleased. And when you look at the numbers and what he's doing, it's just incredible. It's very rare to see that, but he's got something special. That's why we decided to give him a long-term contract and have faith in him and give him the long period that he needs now because the loan that he had at Middlesbrough, um, that one wasn't necessarily to see the outcome of what he is having now, continuing, he said quite a lot on Balogun, actually. He said he had some scars from that period at Middlesbrough. There were moments when he suffered, moments when he played, and when he didn't. Moments when he played in what he believes is not his best position. He threw all those excuses out and go to the next experience, and that's what he did. He put that behind him, but using exactly what worked for him, what didn't work, look in the mirror and move to the next one. He's done that really well. And then he was asked finally about his plans for Balogun's future. He says the plan is now he finishes his loan period. We assess the situation where he is, where we are. We sit down and plan the next chapter in his career. So not overly committed into what we might see from that, uh, from Balogun, but uh, certainly a player that we know is full of talent, full of goals, and could be a real asset to Arsenal next season. Let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. (laughs) 
Okay, uh, let's move into part two and go through some of your questions then. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. Yeah, much appreciate the kind words. Always. Um, let's go to Pinuin who says, uh, oh, I can't do that question in part two. Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> let's go to H, uh, 8MM Spikes. It says, hi, Tom. Outside the reported suspects, Rice and Caicedo, etc., who would you want uh, to be the club to explore the signing in the summer, uh, outside of the usual suspects. I mean, I kind of like the usual suspects, um, unfortunately. So, yeah, mm, a frustration uh, because I, I can't really come up with names outside of Rice and Caicedo because they are the two that I want. If you're telling me we can't get them, who would I want? Oh, it's a tough one um, because they're different positions, aren't they? So, if you're looking to bring in Caicedo and Rice, they can play together. They can play instead of one another in six or eight. I think they're versatile enough to play in those positions. I really like Mikel Moreno at Real Sociedad. I think he's an experienced option that would do good at Arsenal. Uh, would do very, very well indeed. Um, who else could we look to sign? Amadou Anano has done fantastically well at Everton as well. Perhaps he's someone that we might look to too. Um, but if you want to talk about players like Drew Bellingham, I think they're probably out of our price range in terms of wages because you're going to see City Real Madrid offering him stupid money that I just don't think would fit into our current wage structure of the club. Um, Dan says, hi, Tom. Don't you think there is a fundamental issue that needs to be addressed with the lower bottom teams? It's not just the low blocks. We struggle physically and also tactically to pass the ball. I mean, Everton are the only team we've lost to in the bottom half of the table. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying in the league. So I'm not necessarily sure there is a fundamental issue, considering the fact that we've been able to beat all of them bar Southampton and Everton. So, no, I don't necessarily think so, Dan. Uh, I think that we've been able to do really, really well against the lower teams in the league so far this season. Um, scored four goals against Leicester, scored five goals against Nottingham Forest. I'm trying to think who else. We scored three goals against Bournemouth. So, no, I don't think there's a fundamental issue, Dan, to be honest at all. I think we just played against a very good Everton side that were on the back of a managerial boost and bump from their change of manager. So, no, I don't think there is a, a fundamental issue. And physically, we've been really, really good this season. Um, Lucas says, what do you think of Fatty and would you like to see him at the Emirates? If so, what's the highest fee that you'd pay? I don't think I'd go over 50. And I think it would cost around that amount to get someone of that quality in, that potential. People will say, what quality? He's been injured loads. And, you know, he's not necessarily convinced he's coming back from injury. In the right situation, and I think with Mikel Arteta's coaching and guidance, you could see the revival of a player like Ansu Fatty, who has done amazingly well when he first burst onto the scene as a nine seven seventeen year old I think he was when he first kind of jumped onto the scene in 20 I think it was 2019 around that period so I don't see why uh, Arsenal and Arteta couldn't revive the career of a player who's got an amazing level of talent um, but I wouldn't be going over the 50s to try and get him. Uh, so, And whether or not they would even sell him for that is, is a big question as well. Uh, let's go to Andy says, do you believe the links with Fatty? Uh, do you think they're genuine when all of our strikers will be the likes of Jesus, Eddie and Flo? It's worth remembering that Fatty is more so a wide player than a striker. So, yes, I do think they're genuine. Yes, I have no reason to believe that we wouldn't have inquired about a very exciting young player but whether or not it actually happens in the future uh, is, a, is another question entirely. Uh, Gigi says, would you swap Florin Balogun for Victor Ozimen? Yeah, of course. Ozimen has been fantastic. He's an established forward, you know, with that experience playing at the top, top level. Balogun uh, right now is doing really, really well, but there's so much more evidence to suggest that Ozimen is the better player right now. So, yes, of course I would. Um, <clears throat> Simon says, when will the Premier League admit that 3pm kickoffs should be televised as it doesn't actually affect 
ticket sales. Uh, is there any evidence, Simon, to support that? If there is, then please do let me know. Um, but the reason why we have that 3 p.m. kickoff, for those that don't know, is to encourage people to go see their local teams play uh, around the country. If there was 3 p.m. kickoffs of Premier League games, it would discourage people from attending their local teams and supporting them, is the theory. Um, I don't know, but you have to let me know of any evidence that there is to your to, to back what you're saying there, Simon. But I've personally not seen anything to suggest that the Premier League games not being televised doesn't help uh, the 3pm kickoffs lower down the league table because um, we don't know what it would have been like if it wasn't the case. Uh, Ronald says, Tom, with Rice being uh, our top centre mid choice, who would you choose as our second? Would it be Kaiseido or would it be Zubimendi, Sega Milinkovic, Savic, Tielemans or Onana? Um, with a varied level of prices that we ultimately don't know how much they would cost. Um, I think Kaiseido would be the obvious one. Premier League experience, of course. Onana follows soon after that. Zubimendi then after that, just because of the Premier League experience, not as well there and would create some level of transition to be needed. But uh, Tielemans, Tielemans has kind of fallen off a little bit of my radar. I'm saying that he's still on the list. He's just not as high up on the list, but he's fallen down the pecking order of targets. But there we are being linked to some very, very good players indeed. So that's not exactly a massive slight on him at all. Uh, Byron says, Tom, won't teams use the Everton blueprint to defend against us? Double up on the wings and man mark. Uh, and get Erdegaard out of the game. Um, probably, yeah, they probably will try and do that. You have to remember that we didn't play particularly well either. Like It was a combination of Everton playing well and us, and yet we still created some big chances. If Nketiah takes that chance in the first half, if Erdegaard takes his chance in the second half, it's very different all of a sudden. So I don't necessarily think that it's as simple as uh, you copy what we did. I spoke to James Tarkovsky after the game and actually asked him about that and said, like, is there a tactic-specific tactic that you use against Arsenal? And do you think that teams could copy it? And uh, he kind of deflected away to say that today was about Everton and that Arsenal are a really good team. You know, a very media-trained answer, as you come to expect. But uh, I, I think that teams would try to copy it, yes. Um, but we need to find our own ways of being more better, more varied, but also to perform at a higher level because we didn't do certain things that we've done this season. Uh, Ashley says, do you potentially think the rice transfer is deja vu with Jesus? Stories in the groundwork came before the summer window. Intelligent footballers who I know were there uh, were the right project, even if Chelsea comes in late. Uh, Arsenal, with their summer targets, do tend to put a lot of work in way ahead uh, of the window. That's why there's a bit of a misconception about the Dusan Vlaovic deal and the fact that people think that we didn't get him, so we went for Jesus. It's not the case. We were actually negotiating with Jesus in the November before the January window where we all had the, the, the Vlaovic situation. It's all worth noting that we didn't ever put in a bid for Vlaovic either. We tried to have discussions with the club uh, and the player, but could never kind of break through. Jesus wasn't available in January, of course, so we moved for him in the summer. But there was always discussions going on with Jesus well ahead of the summer window, and, and that enabled us to be able to get our main priority striker target in that window. Uh, Francois says, Tom, in the past, teams in Europe went to very remote corners of the world where they discovered gems like... Um, George Weyer uh, and Jemba Jemba. <laughs> Why aren't they doing the same now? Um, I think they probably are. I think there's obviously also issues with work permits, you know, Africa in particular. It's very difficult to sign players from Africa um, because of the work permit situation. That's why you often see teams like Rebel Salzburg, who have a very good scouting structure in Africa. They snap up a lot of young talent from Africa and then sell them on for, for big money. Naby Keita, Sadio Mane, uh, Inokunwepu. Um, there's other ones as well. Uh, Pats and Daka. 
you know, so they've been able to do that really, really well. But Amadou Haidara is another one as well. Um, but what they haven't, what what we aren't able to do in the UK is, is do that in the same way because because of work permits. And, and that's the reason as to why we can't, unfortunately, do it. Uh, Realistic Guna says, Tom, would you be able to do a breakdown on what our fair play spend could be from this summer? Uh, could you do a suggestion around that? It's very different. My financial background is not strong enough. I mean, I could obviously try and reach out to some people that might know better than me, but uh, it's very difficult because the the information is is not exactly the most accessible accurately, and I'd rather report on it accurately. Um, so let's let's hope and, and wait and see if, if we get any kind of clarification on Arsenal's position because we heard that, I think it was the Times suggested that we were one of the teams that were being looked at maybe because of financial fair play, but nothing. We haven't heard anything extra from that in quite a while. Uh, let's go to uh, Dan says, hi, Todd. Do you see the right uh, wing? Oh, Koja Dubry. Uh, do you see him having a future at Arsenal with links to Moussa Diaby? Uh, if that Moussa Diaby link obviously re- resurfaces in the summer, who knows? But the, the club will obviously be pushing to try and include these young players as much as they can. It's really important to remember that the level of under-21s is so different to senior football. Like, so different. Mika Bireth, for instance, take him, for example, was doing really well, scoring loads of goals in under-21s. Goes to Netherlands, plays with RKC Valvike, and is not necessarily able to translate what he was doing at youth level into senior football. And that happens a lot. It's very rare that these players make it. I like seeing them given opportunities, don't get me wrong. And I think Koji Dubri could have been brought on against Everton, you know, as a bit of an unknown certain unknown quantity to create a little bit of chaos. But it's people do, I feel, lean a lot more on the youngsters than than, it, than in reality you're ever going to see. Because Saka's like one in a million, you know. And Smith Rowe is, well, so Smith Rowe and Saka are two in a million, if you like. You know, you don't see that consistency of, of development of youth prospects. You know, you think of Man City, Phil Foden's like the only one that's come through and they've invested a lot of money in the last decade into youth development and signing young players. It'd be interesting to see how many of Chelsea's young stars come through. They've had a team that, you know, if you think about it, was winning the FA Youth Cup year after year after year. And and we've seen Mason Mount, we've seen Reese James come through. And we're hopeful, well, I say hopefully, I don't particularly want to see Chelsea succeed, but... They're spending a lot of money. So it'll be interesting to see how many. We'll see if Lewis Hall makes it. We'll see if uh, Armando Breuer eventually makes it there. But eventually, most of them move on. You can only have a certain number making it. Otherwise, you'd never sign players, if you know what I mean. Uh, Kabenga says, Hi, Tom. I think Pep's recent interview is arrogant. How do you claim innocence when uh, you've got fined for an offence? Yes, what I said earlier on. It's a bit of a strange one. Um, let's go to Vortex, who says, Hi, Tom. What are your thoughts on Gabriel Jesus' for- Jesus's form and when he returns from his injury? It's going to take some time, you would think, but he is a very special player. You know, you don't, you can't predict how he might return from his injury accurately. But I think we know that he's been able to respond when coming into different scenarios like he did when he joined Arsenal very well. But injuries are different. Um, He suffered a big injury at Man City at the start of his career there. And he responded very well when he came back. So let's see if that is able to, to be repeated at Arsenal. We hope that it is, of course, because he's a massive, massive part of hopefully us getting to where we want to be, which is Premier League title winners. Uh, Rico Lewis is a great example. Delisa, yes. So you've got Foden and then only recently we've seen Rico Lewis come through. It's only these individual talents that actually make it amongst hundreds of youth prospects that go through youth academy systems. So, so difficult. 
so difficult to see these players come through. So the expectation of um, Amario Koja Dubri, Miles Lewis Skelly, Ethan Nwanyeri, Lino Souza, um, Rural Waters, Kido Taylor Hart, uh, Kyan Edwards, you know, we've got so many young guys in that team that are notable and have made waves in the youth levels. But the reality is not many of them, if any, will eventually make it at Arsenal. Um, that's the reality. Um, and we can't have an expectation that they all will. So it's it's a tough, it's a very tough dog-eat-dog world in youth football, but it is what it is. Um, you're right, Cole Palmer is a talent, but... I'll be honest, Bradley, I, I don't necessarily see him making it. Um, how old is Cole Palmer now? Uh, Cole Palmer, he is he's 20. You know, by 20, Bakaya Saka's a year older than, than him. He's <laughs> Bakaya Saka's been in the Arsenal first team for the last three seasons. And he's this is what I mean. And Nketi is now 23 and he's only just getting into the team. If you stick at it, maybe you get a chance. But in reality, I just don't see Cole Palmer being an asset for Man City into long time. I might be wrong. Who knows? I might be wrong. But uh, I, I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh Bradley says he's not been given a chance. I wonder how many appearances Cole Palmer's actually had. Uh, it's a fair question to ask. Let's have a quick look how many chances he's had. Overall balance, how many minutes has he played? He's got uh he's had 13 appearances in the Premier League. He's played eight times in the Champions League, six times in the uh, League Cup. Um, has he played in the FA Cup? Yep, twice. Um, so, I mean, he's had chances. I mean, but if you think about it, when you're a young kid at a club like City, you've got to, you've got to take those chances. You've got to take If you don't take them, if you don't do what Bakaya Saka did in the first few opportunities he had, if you don't do what Emil Smith-Rowe did in the first few chances he's had, then you don't get more chances. You don't convince them not to sign somebody else. It's as simple as that, you know. So you have to take the few opportunities he had. And Carl Palmer's still got, I think, from the looks of that, over 30, 40 appearances for Man City. And he's now 20. A decision's going to be have to made on his future. I don't know how long's left on, on his contract. Let's have a quick look. Uh, he's got... He's got three... Well, yeah, three years left in the summer. He signed his last deal in 2021. So it'll be intriguing because I think, did they not, did Southampton bid? I feel like I had on the back of my mind, Southampton might have bid for Cole Palmer. But uh, yeah, one to keep an eye on. But as I say, very rare that you see these types. And yeah, you're right. How many of those are starts? But again, if you're at that age, when you come off the bench, you have to take your chances. You have to take your chances. It's as simple as that. It's a cutthroat world and there's no room for... uh, Sympathy, unfortunately. Uh, you don't make it if you do. Hi, Coyote says, Hi, Tom. Uh, we need to start cashing out on our players. Who do you see Arsenal moving on from this first team? And Ketia, Granite, Holding, Tierney, what do you think? Uh, I see Tierney probably moving on. Uh, Maitland-Niles, Nicola Pepe, Nuno Tavares, Sambi Lukonga. Um, but I don't see Granite Xhaka moving. Uh, Granite Xhaka, I imagine, will get a new contract. Eddie Nketi's only just got a new contract. I don't see him going anywhere. Rob Holding will probably move on, yeah. But it's weird that you put Nketiah and Granite in that group because they'll be staying. Nketiah and Granite Xhaka will be at Arsenal, I imagine. Well, Granite will be here for at least another two more seasons, I would imagine. Nketiah, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Maybe he proves himself unhappy behind Jesus if that dynamic returns to how it is and and we'll have to move them on we'll have to wait and see but yeah Tierney holding uh Maitland-Niles Nicola Pepe 
Runison. I mean, if you go into the Arsenal team, we've got loads of players on loan. Pablo Marie, we expect, is going to leave in the summer. Um, who else? Who knows? Maybe Balogun will leave. Um, Cedric in a permanent deal in the summer as well. Austin Trusty, of course, is a 25-year-old playing in our squad at the moment uh, on loan. Um, so, yeah, there's loads of players that could move on in the summer. So we'd have to wait and see uh, what would happen. Uh, Rob Yu says, good, good morning, Tom, from I assume NG is Nigeria. Uh, do you think uh, Chelsea could sign Rice ahead of Arsenal in the summer? Um, of course they could. Of course they could sign. <laughs> Chelsea could sign anyone ahead of anyone with the amount of money they're willing to pay. Arsenal needs to be in a position where they can convince players to join Arsenal. It was interesting listening to Martin Odegaard recently talking about how you know, how any how anyone could ever not be convinced by Mikel Arteta. So it's going to be on Arsenal to convince Rice that this is the right place for him uh, in the summer. It's going to be a big challenge because there are other teams like Man United, like Chelsea, potentially Manchester City, maybe even Liverpool, who knows, that will be interested in Declan Rice. Let's see uh, how it transpires in the summer. But it's, yeah, very difficult indeed. Uh, Vera says, hypothetically, would you swap Nketiah for Tony? Uh, I'm kind of staying clear of Tony at the moment for a number of reasons. Um, but we haven't heard anything extra about the kind of the betting scenario yet. But uh, uh, there's also other things I haven't particularly liked. His character, Ivan Tony, in some of the videos I've seen, um, either of him uh, kind of bashing his own club, which is a bit strange. Not a big fan of Ivan Tony. Anyway, uh, that's going to bring us to an end of today's show. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And uh, yes, oh, hold on. Christian says, our negotiations are pathetic. That's the negotiations that have got us. Gabriel Jesus, Alexander Zinchenko, Martin Erdegaard, Aaron Ramsdale, Ben White. Uh, <laughs> do I keep going? William Saliba, Gabriel Magalhaes, a team that sits five points clear and could go eight points clear at the top of the Premier League table. I will never get bored of people really going in on our <laughs> recruiters that have built a squad that is now top of the table. I'll never get bored of, of <laughs> slamming that side of the argument because I just find it mad. I find it mad. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Appreciate your time, as always. I'll see you again very, very soon. Have a fantastic weekend. Uh, enjoy the game, of course. I'll be doing live coverage of that over at football.london. Uh, the live blog will be available on the website. If you can't find a way to watch the game, we'll be doing regular updates on on, on there for the game. So make sure you're there. Uh, and we'll probably be doing a match reaction show as well afterwards on the Arsenal way. And of course, I'll bring you a reaction to that game uh, tomorrow morning at 8am. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.